voice. Why do the nations rage and the peoples plot in vain? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us burst their bonds apart and cast their cords from us. He who sits in the heavens laughs. The Lord holds them in derision. Then he will speak to them in his wrath and terrify them in his fury, saying, As for me, I have set my king on Zion, my holy hill. I will tell of the decree. The Lord said to me, You are my son. Today I have begotten you. Ask of me, and I will make the nations your heritage and the ends of the earth your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron and dash them in pieces like a potter's vessel. Now, therefore, O kings, be wise. Be warned, O rulers of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear and rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry and you perish in the way, for his wrath is quickly kindled. Blessed are all who take refuge in him. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Amen. I'm going to tell you, we're coming to the end of this, of this series. Today is the last day for our Bold in Babylon. And I'm sitting down here worshiping, uh, singing about Christ, about to just come out of my skin, uh, just to be real honest with you. And so I'm going to have to try to contain, because I have three services today uh, to go through, but I want to not shortchange anyone because <clears throat> today, uh, man, we, uh, we wanted to replay that intro video that we did at the very beginning because I want to remind you that we can be bold in the day in which we live. You know, we're, here we are at the end of this book. Uh, we're we're going to combine chapter 11 and 12 today, and you're going to see and understand why. Many of you, I uh, asked you last week, hey, read chapter 11 and 12 because there's no way that we're going to be able to understand and go through all of these things. I, I hope that you did. I had a couple of folks this week uh, say, man, after reading that and kind of doing some background in it, whoa, the, the Lord has been faithful to keep his word, what Daniel wrote, did happen, has happened. And so if you haven't, I do. I wanna, I'm going to ask you again, go back and read Daniel 11, 11 and 12, because there is some, uh, I mean, there is some rich, rich history that is in this book, in this, in this chapter, specifically even chapter 11, that I think you're going to really enjoy uh, getting to read. Bold in Babylon, we've realized, you've heard me say all throughout uh, this, this book, that ba Babylon was a very real place, but in every age, all of God's people continue to experience Babylon. In this book, what we've seen is we've seen Daniel and his buddies, they were able to withstand in, in chapter one and be able to say, no, we're going to push back against the king's food. We're, we may live in Babylon, but we're not going to become Babylon. You then saw that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they didn't bow the knee. Uh, they ended up standing strong, going to the fiery, the burning fiery furnace that it said. And they even said in there that, listen, we know that our God, he can save us, but even if he chooses not to, we, we have no reason. We're not going to bow. You get into Daniel and the lines then. Daniel ends up defying the king. He didn't obey the written decree, and he did bow three times, it says, in an open window facing towards Jerusalem. And he himself remained strong, remained strong, went to the lion's den. 
And the angel of the Lord was there with him. In every age, in every day, in every time, God's people continue to face the spirit of Babylon. Last week, I mentioned uh, a, a group called the Voice of the Martyrs. I don't know if you've gone out, you've looked at that. I would. They, they have a free publication. They have an app where they talk about those who have been martyred for the cause of Christ. Well, the, the, the leader, the man who started that, his name was Pastor Richard Wormbrand, and he was a pastor in Romania. He was there under the Soviet communist rule, and he was persecuted mightily, greatly during his days of, uh, of leading. In fact, all of Romania was under uh, much persecution during that day. He writes in a book that he wrote, Tortured for Christ, about the Romanian pastors and what they faced during uh, their days there. He writes about a Romanian pastor who was dragged in by the Soviet regime, and he was tortured. He continually was uh, beaten. He was uh, left uh, bloodied and bruised. He was try- they were trying to make him um, renounce his faith in Christ. He was beaten so badly bloodied so badly that when they took him back to his cell, that wasn't enough that he, they released rats into his cell with him. Uh, you can imagine what the rats were wanting to do and trying to do. All of this was trying to break him. This went on for several days until finally they brought in his 14-year-old son. They brought him out to a cell, set him down, chained him, and they began to beat his son in front of him. His 14-year-old son began to beat him. And they said, we'll stop if you will renounce your faith in Jesus Christ. He wouldn't. They continued to beat. And finally, uh, the, the, the pastor said, son, I have to do this. I can't stand to see you continually beat. And the 14 year old son who had already been beaten roughly, badly, said, Father, don't do me the injustice of having one who would turn his face on our Savior. He remained quiet. They continued, and you know the ending of this story. I'm sure the 14-year-old was beaten so badly that he eventually died. I tell you that. Listen, it's painful for me to tell you that story. For some of you in here right now, that is painful for you to even listen. But I I, want to point out something to you. That is a picture of what, even though we don't face that today in our culture, there are cultures today who are facing that very thing. And that is a piece of what it looks like to be bold in our day. And I want to say to you, the only way that we will remain bold in our day in the spirit of Babylon that that we live in today is if we have a firm foundation, a great understanding, a rock-solid assurance of where we're headed and what is to come, and the one who has written the end of the story. You see, if we begin to waver, if we begin to question, if in our moment of trial we begin to think, is this true, is this real, then we're already at the precipice of defeat. You see, it's only when we know this is the direction, this is what God has promised, he's the one has orchestrated and put me in the place that, he's, that I'm in, that 
I will stand, that one day I will see him, and that even in my death there is victory for the cause of Christ. You see, this is, this is the line that we stand in today. This is the line that's been handed to us. And though we don't face what Pastor Richard Warmbrand faced, we do face our own days, the days in which we've been placed into. And today, closing out these final two chapters, two chapters that are filled with all kinds of symbolism, two chapters that are filled with all kinds of mystery, there are two things that I want you to begin to see. The first one is this, is that Babylon will fall. Babylon will fall. Babylon always falls. And that the bold will stand. Babylon will fall and the bold will stand. You see, church, I want to remind you I want to remind you that this book is true. This book is true. We serve a sovereign God, and the end has already been written. Not just for the end of the world, but for your life and for my life. And we can be bold in the day that we live because we know the one who has written our story. Let's look at Babylon will fall. Daniel chapter 11, verses 2 through 4. I just want to read a portion of it. Daniel 11, 2 through 4, says this. And now I will show you the truth. Remember, this is the, the mysterious man. Was it a pre-incarnate Christ? Was it an angel sent from the Lord? We know that it was from the Lord, but the question is, but either way it goes, this is the man who is speaking to us. And he says this, and now I'll show you the truth. Behold, three more kings shall arise in Persia. This should be, you should be remembering this from the different visions and dreams that have been happening. Three more kings shall arise in Persia, and a fourth shall be far richer than all of them. And when he has become strong through his riches, he shall stir up again against the kingdom of Greece. Then a mighty king shall arise who shall rule with great dominion and do as he wills. Verse 4, and as soon as he is arisen, his kingdom shall be broken and divided toward the four winds of heaven, but not to his posterity, nor according to the authority with which he ruled. For his kingdom shall be plucked up and go to others besides these. Listen, chapter 11 and chapter 12, the closing out, remember 10, 11, and 12 are all one block. All of these things have yet to pass for Daniel. In fact, Daniel 12, 8 tells us that it was so mysterious that Daniel looked and said, I'm not sure that I understand exactly what it is that's going on, what's being said. And the angel said, seal it up. Put it for the end of the days. You remember in Revelation, at the end of Revelation, uh, there when the angel says, unbreak the seal, this is, I believe, what's being distinguished here. He says, seal it up. See, even Daniel didn't understand. Uh, what's happening here in chapter 11, as you read through all of these verses, is you hear king and kingdoms, the king of the north, the king of the south. This woman will, be, will marry this king. This king shall marry this, uh, shall marry this woman. And then there'll be this that will happen. And, and it moves through all of these different kings and kingdoms. I believe that this is, again, once again, a retelling of the Babylonian Empire who will be overtaken by the Medes and the Persians, who will again be overtaken by the Grecians, but who will then be overtaken by the Rome, by the Roman Empire. And it begins to just lay itself out until finally in chapter 12, you begin to see the end of the days. But I want to give you a quick chapter summary here. I, I, I want to kind of tie 
that little section up for you real quickly, is that no matter the kingdom, no matter the regime, no matter the president, no matter the dictator, no matter who's in charge, ultimately what we know is this, they are there by the hand of God and their timing has already been written. Their power has been given to them by none other than the Lord for an appointed day and an appointed time. Look at Daniel 11, chapter, verse 12. Daniel 11, verse 12 says this, and when the multitude is taken away, his heart shall be exalted, and he shall cast down tens of thousands, but he shall not prevail. Daniel eleven nineteen. go down a few. It says, then he shall turn his face, this is a whole other king, he shall turn his face toward the, toward the fortresses of his own land, but he shall stumble and fall and shall not be found. Keep looking with me uh, uh, in verse 14. In verse 14, he talks about, but they shall fail. Look at verse 17. It says, but it shall not stand. We read verse 19. Look at verse 20. Verse 20 begins to talk about a contemptible person. In 25, he goes down. He says, but he shall not stand. Verse 27 says, but, to no, but they will be of to no avail. But the end is yet to come at the appointed Time. Verse 35, it says, until the end of time, for it awaits the appointed time. I read all of these to you because of this. It doesn't matter the day and time in which you live. It doesn't matter the ruler that you think is evil or the one that you're placing faith in that's going to change everything. It is for an appointed time. The Lord has set them up. They're not there by chance. And we, though, can stand in this day. So as bad as you may go, I don't know what's going to happen. Know that the Lord has appointed you for the day and time that you live. And the spirit of Babylon that you live in is only for a time. So therefore, the day that you live in, the Lord has placed you here and you can be bold. You know why? Because Babylon's going to fail. Babylon's going to fall. Babylon's going to fall. Daniel chapter 11 verse 36 begins to describe this wicked ruler who is worse than all. In fact, he's the worst ruler in all of the book. All of the book of Daniel. All the prophecies. Look at what it says though in verse 45. In verse 45 it says, And he shall pitch his palatial tents between the sea and the glorious holy mountain. Yet he shall come to his end. He shall come to his end with none to help him. Whether this is talking about Antiochus IV, Armageddon, or anyone else, the thing that you have to catch here is that the most powerful of all leaders in the world will eventually fall before King Jesus. Babylon is going to fall. The kingdoms of the world that stand against the one true living God, the sovereign king who sits on his throne today, they will not last. And know this, that the people of God will always last. Uh, We've talked about the kingdom of Babylon. Where is it today? We talked about the kingdom of Persia. This great kingdom of Persia, where is it today? We've talked about the kingdom of Greece, Alexander the Great. The kingdom of Rome. Do you know where these kingdoms are today? They're in history books today. They came, they rose, they sprung up like a beautiful flower. All of a sudden, the sun scorched it and it was gone. But do you know who's still standing? Do you know who is still here? God's people are still here. 
Kingdoms will rise. You remember in Daniel, I believe it's Daniel chapter 2, when it says kingdoms will rise and kingdoms fall because the Lord God brings them up and he tears them down. But his people will remain strong. In the second century, an early church father named Tertullian wrote a book called The Apologeticus. And in it, he said this. He says, we are not a new philosophy, but a divine revelation. Please hear this. We are not a new philosophy. We are a divine revelation. That's why you can't just exterminate us. The more you kill, the more we are. The more you kill, the more we are. And he goes on to quote a famous line that I've, I've said often. Maybe you've heard it. It says, but the blood of the martyr is the seed of the church. Listen, you've heard in sports, next man up, you always got to be ready, next man up. Listen, when, uh, when one of Christ's chosen people falls, there are 10 more to take its place. You know why? Because Babylon will always fall and the kingdom of God, his people will always stand. Listen, move to our day. Where's Hitler? Gone. Where's Stalin? Gone. Uh, listen, uh, the Chinese communists, I want you to know, will one day be gone. Do you know who will still be here? The kingdom of God. His people will stand. That should embolden us that no matter where we are today, we can stand. But ladies and gentlemen, I, I want to say this. I want to I be really clear about this. If you're loving Bush, Clinton, Biden, Trump, I don't care who you're putting your faith in. There may be some that you would prefer over another, but you need to know they're all, all of those kingdoms, all of those regimes will pass away, but the people of God will stand. Now, that may mean in our day and time that we may one day face what our brothers and sisters around the world face. You may look around today and go, oh my goodness, what's happening in the world What's going on in America right now? Uh, listen, it may look bad in America, but do you, do you realize the church of Jesus Christ is exploding and growing around the world today? Research tells us that there are more believers in the southern hemisphere today than ever before. Research tells us that by the mid-2030s, there will be more professing followers of Jesus Christ in China than any other country. You cannot keep the kingdom of God down. You know why? Because Babylon will always fall. We, the people of God, will stand. That shouldn't be something that we, I mean, it should bring us courage, but you need to realize it's not, it should not make us cocky. It should bring us courage because the kingdom of God will not fall. Babylon will always fall. Uh, how do I know that? Turn over to Revelation 18. Revelation chapter 18. After this, Revelation 18 verses 1 and 2 says, after this, I saw another angel coming down from heaven, having great authority, and the earth was made bright with his glory, and he called out with a mighty voice, fallen, fallen is Babylon the great. Folks, uh, uh, today, 
Today, if you're nervous about the economy, if you're looking around and you're going, the morals are going crazy in this world, if you are scared to death for your children and your grandchildren, uh, I'm going to tell you, Babylon's going to fall, but the children of God are going to stand. The greatest thing you can do today is to love Jesus with all your heart, love his word, plant it in your life, and then to pour that into your family and to others so that they will be ready, so that we can stand strong in the day in which we live. Psalm 2, did you hear when, when Zion read? The harder the nations push, the Lord God sits on his throne and he laughs at them. He laughs. Why? Because all devices that are meant to come against his people will fail Now, in case you're one to ask questions, well, what about me? Listen, I I can't promise the Lord knows the plan that he has for you. That doesn't mean that we won't come to suffering. That doesn't mean that we won't come to hardship. That doesn't mean that it won't cost us. Oh, look at all of the people in the scripture that because they live by faith, what it cost them. The one whom we follow, it cost his life. And Jesus said, if you persecuted me, they're going to persecute you. But you have to understand, I have to understand, that in my death is victory. It may be the death of my personality it may be the death of my desires it may be the death of my physical body but to live as christ is gain to die is great great joy let me ask you today let me ask you today have you thought about that all of babylon will Listen, everyone's fighting to be the superpower. Did you realize there's only one superpower? His name is Jesus Christ. He is on the throne today. He reigns today. And because he reigns, Babylon will fall, but the bold will be able to stand. And the bold will stand. Look at verses, chapter 12, verses 1 through 3 with me. Chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. At that time shall arise Michael. This is the archangel, the one we talked about last week that was, in, that was doing battle. At that time shall arise Michael, the great prince who has charge of your people. And there shall be a time of trouble such as never been seen uh, since there was a nation till that time. But at that time, your people shall be delivered, everyone whose name shall be found written in the book. And many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life, some to shame and everlasting contempt. And those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above. And those who turn away, and those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Uh, I, I believe in the writing of this at the end of chapter 11. It is previous history. It would have happened before us. I believe that in chapter 12, it points us to the end of the age. 
It points us to the end of the age. It's things that have not happened yet in our day. And in that, I want you to know that it gives me great uh, hope. It gives me great joy. It gives me, uh, I would say, it makes me excited rather than scared for the day in which I live. Do Do you realize the day in which we live is an incredible time to be alive in our portion of time of redemptive history. There are more opportunities for us to get the gospel to others around the world and around our community and around your neighborhood than ever before. For all of the ills and the evil that I see happening in the world of the internet, do you realize that the message of the gospel can go to just every corner of the world today? You realize that all the technology, all of the avenues, we have the Word of God. You've heard me say, we have the written Word of God that we can take and know this is what God desires for us. We have the opportunity to meet with Him. We have the opportunity, and I don't say this jokingly, but we, we literally have the opportunity to see things that Daniel actually literally dreamed and had visions of. We, we have that. Did you notice in that passage, Daniel was promised a future where the righteous would resurrect from the dead and shine like bright stars forever. You realize that we've seen or we've got to experience, we live in light of the very first fruit of that resurrection, Jesus Christ. We live in the light of that first fruit the resurrection of Jesus. And because of that, we know it wasn't just a dream. This was reality. This was prophesied. Christ did live. He did die. He did resurrect. And because his word is true, the word of God is true, we know that that will be true of us also, all of us who believe in him. Because Christ did die and was raised to life, it is through his death, his death on the cross, that you and I get to experience real, true, abundant life. Do you remember us talking about real life is only found in Jesus Christ, abundant life that he's desired us to have? It's not just believing in Christ, it's believing his word and walking it out. We now live in that. Those of you who have died to your sin because of the death of Jesus Christ, you are assured to be risen with him. If we die before he comes, my prayer is is that one day I get to see that. I'd like to be alive. I would like to see those who have gone before come from the grave and then be caught up with them to return again. But if not, we know if we die in Christ, we will be raised with him. Because this tells us, this this passage in Daniel tells us that this is what's going to happen. But I I also want to tell you that today, you and I have to pick up our cross daily. We have to die to ourselves daily. Die to our will, die to our fame, die to our pride Die to anything that gets in the way. Die to our sleep. Die to our comfort. Die to our life of ease. Babylon is going to fall. But I want you to know the, the bold will stand. You know, I, 
I read uh, and uh, about Pastor Richard Wormbrand this week. I, I love history. Uh, I don't love it as much as some of you do. What I really love are the people of history, biographies and reading along with them. A few years ago, uh, I was reading and listening and preparing for the 500th anniversary of the Reformation. Some of you are going, oh, oh, that sounds so fun. But the stories of people who gave their life for the cause of Christ, for the cause of his word, to stand on his word. After living uh, in another country for a while, what happens in Europe really kind of strikes me as interest, especially when it comes to uh, the word being renewed and, and seeing the gospel go forth. In the mid-1500s, there were English reformers who stood for the Word of God. And they stood in a time when there was really only one church. It was the Catholic Church, and it had made a hard veer. was not following the Word of God. And these reformers, going all the way back to Luther and earlier, wished to refresh and revitalize to call them to reform not as a breakaway, but to reform. Ultimately, it led to a breakaway over the word and over justification of what it means to be right before God. In England, there was a great reformation that was going on also, and it began to reach some of its peak under, um, under Mary. We know her as Bloody Mary, the reign of Bloody Mary. And there were men such as Thomas Cramner, uh, Hugh Latimer, Thomas Ridley. These were bishops and priests in the church. And specifically, Latimer and Ridley. Latimer was a bishop in his 70s in Worcester. I'm not, it's Worcester, uh, how the English would say it. And then there was uh, Ridley, who was in his 50s, a younger man of that day who was the bishop in London. And they called for reforms. They called back to the, uh, to the Bible. They began to look around and they would see that what they would see the Catholic Church as being the great Babylon because they had gone away from the Word of God. They were stand, not standing stead in the core doctrines of the Word of God. And so they began to call for reform. It eventually... It eventually led them to be put in prison, all three of them together. Until finally in 1555, Hugh Latimer and uh, Hugh Latimer and Nicholas Ridley were taken to Oxford where they were given an opportunity to renounce their faith in Christ. They wouldn't do that. They did not renounce their faith in Christ and they were sent to uh, the funeral, uh, to, I say to the funeral pyre, to the uh, fiery pyre that eventually led to their death. Uh, the story goes, you can read about it in John Knox's, or excuse me, uh, John Fox's Book of the Martyrs, uh, that as they were taken to the pyre, they were tied to the pyre, and two 15-pound bags 
of gunpowder was placed around their neck. They were given the opportunity to renounce. And they would not renounce their faith in Christ. And that pyre was set ablaze. And as that pyre was set ablaze, the elder, the elder statesman of the group, Latimer, looked towards Ridley and he said this. He called out, be of good comfort, Master Ridley, and play the man. We shall this day light such a candle in England as I trust by God's grace shall never be put out. And as they sat there and watched, when I say they, those who had gathered in the crowd because he had been brought out as a prisoner was Thomas Cramner to watch what his fate would be. The elder statesman, he died of suffocation. And eventually, his body exploded because of the flames around him. The younger Ridley, he began to cry out, Lord God, give me strength to stand, even now, because my body will not burn. He eventually died. The fire ignited the powder. You can imagine the scene. Thomas Cramner stood watching. A year later, what was hoped would cause him to renounce created a zeal that he would not turn. He would be bold. He would be bold in London, in his Babylon. What would you say if it was called to you? Where would you be? Do you know what today we need? Listen, I want to say this. Today we need men who will stand strong. Men, you've heard me say this, that men who will reject passivity, You'll stand, you'll get in the word, you'll begin to lead your families by the word of God as you're leading yourself by the word of God. We need young men who you will turn your eyes looking for a young lady who loves Jesus with all their heart. Yes, have your list, but the top of the list is they love Jesus more than anything. We need wives, we need moms, we need ladies who will reject radical feminism. Who will say, listen, I'm going to do whatever it takes to disciple my children. Whatever will get in the way, I'm going to be about discipling my children. Before you come and greet me out there, men or ladies, and say, Does that mean I can't work? No, I'm just saying that discipling your children is first and foremost. You cut across everything else. You want to see, you realize that we are one generation away from people walking away from Jesus Christ. If we, men, women, don't pour the gospel of Jesus Christ into them. Singles in here. I'm calling you, I'm asking you to be bold in this day to reject the worldly Babylonian philosophy that says you have to sleep with people, give them something to get something in return. I'm asking that you would say, come what may, I'm going to find someone who loves Jesus as much or more than I do. That is my top. 
It's not brown hair. It's not blue eyes. It's not a great job. It is do they love Jesus Christ with all of their heart? Husbands and wives in here, that's the, I'm calling you to love Jesus so much that you're calling your spouse up towards that. Men, that begins with you. Grandparents in here, I need you to be bold today, to step into the lives of your kids and your grandkids with the Word of God. Listen, what you're scared of today, I need you to know Babylon is going to fall. The bold will stand. And if you want to combat Babylon, bring the boldness of the Word of God to to that family. This is what we're being called to today. And we can be assured by the Word of God, Babylon's going to fall. Babylon's going to fall. And those who are bold in Christ, those who love Him, those who walk with Him, we will stand today. Father, I thank you for today. I thank you for the privilege of having Daniel and his example to us. Father, I'm asking that today, would you please, Father, save people? God, today, would you please call them to life? Father, today, would you please call your children to be bold in this day? Call us to love your word, to be in your word, to walk in your word, to be doers of your word. And Father, where there is deficiency, where we have not followed that, would you call us to repentance? I thank you that you want us to be holy men and women who seek to follow you. Lord, would you begin that in me? Would you begin that in me today? For it's in the name of Jesus I ask these things. Amen.